If you would love to create a transformational and successful coaching business, but you don't know where to start or how to make this a full-time career, then my new certification program, Influential Coach, is for you. There is no other four-month live online mastermind like this. I'm going all in, guns blazing on this one with you to skyrocket your coaching career and personal brand online. You will learn the frameworks I personally use for rapid transformational coaching so you can support your clients to achieve their dreams no matter where they are in life. You will also learn how to authentically brand and market yourself as a coach so you can stand out from the rest and build a career of freedom and fulfillment. Spots are limited and this is an application only program. So if you're serious about finally committing to building a successful career in transformational coaching, then head over to imjoelbrown.com slash coach and apply today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I am damn excited today because I have a returning guest and not only a returning guest, she's an amazing, powerful potent leader, a very authentic soul. As a matter of fact, Ruby from on and I had the opportunity to uh, run an event together out in Bali. It was me, Gerard Adams, Yaya Bakar, Ruby, Emil Steenveld. And it was such a powerful experience. And it was so cool to, to see Ruby fully in her element. And uh, I like the fact that she was able to come out to Bali and enjoy that with us too. Uh, just before all this, you know, circus is going on right now with all the, you know, CV19 and everything else going on. So we got to really experience an awesome uh, point in our life together. And it was so cool to see the way that she, she doesn't just talk about potent leadership, which is actually the name of her book. Uh, she lives it too, you know, and on this book, and I, I want to break down this subtitle because I think it's actually really, really important. It creates great context. The subtitle, and I love it, is Drop the Mask. Ignite the real you and reclaim the leader within. Wow. Ruby, I'm excited to dive into this conversation today. Let's do it. Joel, I'm so excited and incredibly honored to be a returning guest here. And I have a feeling that this conversation is going to go really deep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, if you if you watch what Ruby and I post on Insta, the, you know, <laughs> jump off now if you don't like truth and realness. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. We, we, we don't hold back. And the thing that I really love about, I saw it in your coaching even before all the stuff that's, you know, flying around this mainstream media, you know, debacle and the the political stuff that's been going on and the division that's been going on, all these unfortunate things. I noticed you even just showing up unapologetically in your coaching and your speaking too, you know, because we first met in person in San Diego at an event called Epic. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I saw you speak there and I just remember, I was like, man, there's something different about this girl. Mm. Yeah, and that was my, that was my first time speaking on stage. I, I was, remember. Yeah. I was so yeah. nervous. You couldn't tell. <laughs> You had a good poker face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what you spoke about at the time? Honestly, uh, I have no idea. I think back then it was probably something around self-love and yes. empowerment because that was where I was at at that time. Uh-huh. And you had red hair. You had and like pink, red. Pink hair, yeah. Pink hair, that's right. Long pink, pink hair, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and you awesome. were doing somersaults on stage. <laughs> I was doing somersaults. Oh, yeah, I was doing a little bit of the break dancing. One of my favorite Drake songs, Trophy, was on it. And so I kind of got popped. But you know what? They put me in the toughest position because I was right at the end of the day. And they're right. like, well, people have been talking about branding and marketing and, and some other things during the day. Can you switch it? So I had no frame. And I got up and right. I was like, hey, guys, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. Would you, do you want some exclusive stuff? And they were like, yeah. So yeah. this is, this is what I, I see in you too, is you trust yourself enough to be able to show up in the moment and know that it's enough for what it is. It's like you're, you're living moment to moment more as I've seen you mature as well as a leader. I've noticed that. And like, let's talk about, so I met you, this was maybe five or six years back, right? This is like 2016. I think is when we yeah so connected. about yeah, yeah yeah about five yeah. five years right so you're speaking about self-love at the time now like i want to get an understanding of what is it to you now because back then it would have been what you knew at the time but like how has that evolved what is self-love yeah. self-love to me now um is the ultimate devotion to self 
that's it. It's yeah. just being devoted to self, mind, body, spirit, whatever that looks like for you. Um, yeah. And I see this as a foundation for everything that we do, um, especially leadership. This is where self-trust self comes from. This is where self-belief comes from. This is where our conviction comes from and our confidence and our courage and our bravery, which is so needed right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. So when you say uh, self-love, because I know that sometimes what happens is, and I, know, I like that I can go here with you. When we experience trauma in our life, mm -hmm. sometimes what we do is we develop this like attachment style, this response to life to like shut down and go, I'm just going to look after me. It's like the dismissive mm -hmm. avoidant, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think it's interesting sometimes when I see content in the space that talks about self-love and it's like, are they just really pushing the self-love because they've, they've been really hurt and they just are going to meet their needs and shut themselves off from everybody else? Or is this a legitimate, like, how do we do it in a way where we're meeting our needs we're filling our cup and we're also able to feel abundant in the love that we can give others. Mm, that's a great question. I think that it's really about creating harmony in the service to self and service to others. Um, yeah. The more that we serve ourselves, the more equipped we, we become to serve other people. Um, that's something that I've learned in my leadership and in my coaching. The more that I fill my cup, the more I'm able to serve and I'm able to serve in greater ways when I serve to myself. However, you need to be conscious enough to realize when you are just hiding in mm. the healing versus integrating the healing. And mm -hmm. I think when we actually integrate what we're healing, what we're working on within ourselves, that's when we take, that's when, when we can take that and put it into action yeah. towards service. Oh, I like that. It reminds me of uh, a guy who actually, uh, he's from where you're from. He's from Canada. Mm. His name's Jordan mm. Peterson. And, yeah. uh, and he says that most people are possessed by ideas they haven't truly integrated. Yep. It's true. And we and see, we see it, that right? it's rampant. It's rampant in the personal development space. People are consuming, 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 but not integrating. You know, yeah. they're, they're taking all the courses, doing all the programs, signing up for all the things, watching all the podcasts, listening to things, and then just regurgitating information instead of actually integrating it into their lives. And yeah. I mean, people like you and I, and probably a lot of our listeners, you can tell who's not actually walking the walk and they're just regurgitating information. It's yeah. felt in your presence if you're not really truly integrating what it is that you're intaking. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of parroting going on. It's like, okay, cool. You cognitively understand it and it sounds like a great idea. And I think that especially lately, we've had to more and more become more attuned to what's going on in the space. I, I've noticed myself do that and I've had a conversation with a lot of other leaders too. And and I see you doing it and and it's like, the BS radar is on like high alert, you know, mm -hmm. people can tell that it's like a frequency shift. And sometimes you look at it and it's like, there's just something off about this person. They're mm -hmm. saying things and it sounds great, but, but there's something off and I, it's not believable. And I think it's because that person doesn't actually believe it themselves enough to, to go. Yeah, that's my wisdom. Right. They learn and maybe they have an, a concept of understanding because they're sharing it and they could teach mm -hmm. others, but they haven't got the ultimate level of knowledge, which is wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think like, let me know what you think in this. Is it, is it cause they just haven't worked through their layers of trauma and they just still haven't got to that, that level of belief yet to be able to speak with that conviction and actually give it a shot and integrate and, or have they got like a warped sense of how much work is actually required to be authentic? Like, what is it? <laughs> I mean, I think it's both. I, I think that a lot of people think that just because they have an understanding of a concept on a, of any concept. Like I understand this concept. So that means that I've done the work, but that's mm. not what it looks like. You have to take that concept and integrate it and apply it to your life. And then you have to apply it again and again and again until it yeah. becomes something that has actually created a shift. And when that happens, that's when it shifts your presence and your frequency. Yeah. Um, and I see a lot of people bypassing that work because it is work. It takes effort. It takes uh, devotion. It takes energy. 
Um, and people are in such a rush to be perceived as an expert or perceived as a guru or perceived as a leader in their space that they bypass the real work that it takes to actually be that. They just want to adopt the label as quickly as possible and be that thing now. Um, And, but this cutting corners, this habit of cutting corners is going to catch up with you at some point. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the map of consciousness with David Hawkins? I feel like I've seen that a long time ago. Yeah. So he, he wrote a book called Power Versus Force. He's passed away now. He's, mm-hmm. he, he's yeah. been in the game for a long time. Yeah. But on the book, it shows a scale and you've got the different frequencies and the different emotional Yes, states. I've seen this. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So what I, what I find is this, right? Like they say humanity operates in a level of anywhere between courage and neutrality. It's like it's kind of in the middle. Right now we're going through an intense time. As you know, look at you know the institutions that be, the establishment is trying its hand of tyranny. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are confused. There's uncertainty. And so naturally it, it, it triggers people and it brings stuff up. And mm-hmm. like, I personally think there's a psychological operation at play right now mm-hmm. for more power and control. Honestly, yeah. and you may not believe that that's, that's cool. You know, like just, I'm putting it in the space, take it or leave it. Right. Mm-hmm. And what I'm seeing is that it, there's like, there's a knowingness of if we can get people to start pinning themselves against each other. If we can make this a, a vax and an anti-vax debate, even though, by the way, it's not even a vax, it's an experimental shot of medicine and mm-hmm. other poisons, mm-hmm. but we will call it that. So they start fighting between themselves, right? It's the same thing that happened in Rome when they had political turmoil and they didn't want the public to be involved in it and they didn't want the public to catch them out. They used to throw big, massive events in the Colosseum and have mm-hmm. gladiators come out and also it was distraction. And it just shows like what's happening right now. Everyone's going to sports games. They can't go to church and connect right. and be spiritually in it. Mm-hmm. They can't go and you know keep fit at the gym because that would be one of your pillars of health that's really important to you. They want to take that out too. So it's like a very interesting play. And I, I feel like what's happening is we're dropping into lower brackets. We're coming down into fear. We're coming down into uh, anger. We're coming down into to, to hatred, sadness, shame. Guilt is coming up as well because people are trying to make each other feel guilty and it's triggering th- things. So what I do know is in the upper brackets, you have acceptance, love, joy, peace, understanding, mm-hmm. forgiveness. Do you find yourself... Like, are you in some sort of a practice to, to bring yourself up out of those lower bracket, brackets? Because as much as, you know, you and I do the work and the listeners that are listening right now are doing the work, we could fall into these brackets too. Well, I think for people like you and I who are really um, keeping a pulse on what's going on in the world, it's very easy to fall into those brackets because yeah. even though, again, people like you and I have foreseen this, um, it can be tough to actually witness and acknowledge that this is actually happening right now in our lifetime. Um, Mm. So it is really easy to fall into those brackets with all that's going on. My personal practice has been one of um, playing the role of the observer. And I've been practicing this deeply over the past year and a half, taking in the role of the observer, being the observer, observing myself in this situation, observing the people around me, observing what's going on in the online space from a place of non-judgment and from a place of genuine curiosity. Because Mm. when you play the role of the observer from a state of curiosity of just asking, hmm, I wonder why this is happening or "Hmm, I wonder why this person is showing up this way or why am I feeling this way? This helps you gain an understanding of what's happening without being attached or emotionally charged due to the experience. And that's what helps pull me out of the emotional charge. Um, And I think that that's actually what's helped me show up the way that I've been showing up um, Mm -hmm. because I'm able to, uh, separate myself from the emotional charge of the situation, which can be really, really heavy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. When you say this, I'm, I'm thinking like, it's like one big giant smoke and mirrors, but it, we're looking at the mirrors yeah. and it's reflecting back to us, the elements that we haven't worked. And, and so like it, 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 they said, I heard one of my friends is like, try and find the pony in the horse shit. <laughs> like, it's like a <laughs> saying of like, find the really good thing in something that everyone else would consider right. a, you know, a problem. Uh, and I, I see it too. And I, I, like, 
I know personally, and I've spoken with a lot of other entrepreneurs, like they've done relatively like good in, in these times because mm-hmm. um, those that are in a societal based system, your nine to five, they have, they're being coerced, you know, and some people are quite happy to go and, you know, take the jab and do what they need to do. Okay. That's your choice. Awesome. Either way, like, you know, you're, you've made that decision because you feel it's the best for you. That's great. Mm-hmm. Right. I empower to make your best decisions. And then we have like entrepreneurs who I think are, have very much so challenged the norms and they've been in the practice of carving their own path that they will question things. They won't just accept it. Mm-hmm. And, and those that I find are spiritually inclined to want to grow in that area, they've gone, well, something else is at play here. It can't just be like what we're, what we're hearing in the news. There's got to be, there's physical changes, there's um, emotional shifts. So they're paying attention more. And I love that you said this. Because I had a conversation with Dr. Jody Spencer, and, mm-hmm. and he said this, and it gave me chills and it resonated so deep. He said, Joel, I think one of our greatest weaknesses in humanity is that we're just poor observers. Mm-hmm. We're so, yeah. like, we're so, dis- and especially now, you know, because you got to take breaks like I do too. Mm-hmm. We're not always on social media because it's, it's so distracting and you get that mm-hmm. dopamine reliance on it to just yeah. keep checking and checking. And so I love that you've shared this. This is really important. Let's talk about the difference between influencers and leaders. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I in my book, I say influencers paint a pretty picture, but leaders pave the way. And, mm. um, you know, we for a while we were living in the era of the influencer. And I think a lot of people were mistaking leadership for influencership, getting caught up in what they get versus how they're serving. And the, you know, the, the role of the influencer, it's really interesting because we think of influencer and we're like, oh, they have a big audience. They have a large following. They have a large community. Um, but what is it that they're influencing and are they taking responsibility for the influence that they have? Um, I believe that every leader is an influencer in their own way, but every influencer is not a leader. Uh, there's a big difference. Leaders understand the responsibility that they have by having an audience, by having a community, and they put their mission first, their message first, their purpose first, their vision first. And right now, the way that I see it is we're going through this massive paradigm shift in in terms of, of leadership. And those who once called themselves the influencers, that is dying because people aren't able to relate to that anymore. Because we are seeing this. We see this today. It's like the influencers who are showing up as if nothing in the world has changed. Yes. And it just boggles my mind. And it creates this dissonance between their audience because it's like, wait, don't you see what's going on? Don't you feel what we're going through? And some people love that. Some people love to follow the influencers during this time because it's a form of escapism, right? Yeah. And and it, and. It, it's like a false hope, something that they can hope to be. Or maybe if I get the jab, I can still become this digital nomad and live this crazy life. And I prefer to be real and talk about what's going on because right now humanity needs us to lead, not to paint a false portrayal of what our life is today, you know, because our life today is very different than it was a year ago. Yeah. I know you and I, and I love that you're being so real about this because this is exactly what I'm seeing too. I know you and I have had conversations about this and, and there's like this line, right? And it's tough because you're walking it and it's very thin. And it's like, well, how much do I post of what I really, 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 really have in my heart? And it's easy to say to people, well, you just always post what's on your heart. And then you're, you're also in a place where it's like, well, I've got my business that I'm running and I have you know, my tribe and um, they're looking for solutions for things they can, you know, do in their career. Like for you, you, you coach and train leaders and you also are great with your branding and your marketing and your messaging and everything. And so people need that too. And it's tough because it's like, you don't want to box yourself in one side and or box yourself in the other because you know how both messages are important. And it is interesting when I see, I'm not going to name names, like you probably, you know, you know what I mean? Like if you're listening right now, you know, <laughs> but there's like, there's people out there that uh, you see, and it's almost like they've mentioned nada, like uh, absolute nothing. needed nada. As a matter of fact, maybe some of them have even like got behind and like really pushed the agenda mm-hmm. um, to be uh, attending to niceties and, um, and to, to be, you know, like 
politically correct or whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen it. And the moment I see that, my freaking standard, my, my like respect dropped like off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And I see it. And I'm like, man, you could have 5 million followers. You could have like all the viral videos. You could have all the, and like, and it might've even met them before. I'm like, but you know what's going on. And you're getting behind something that's coercive. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't get down with that. Like just yeah. nothing in my soul wants to be down with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you noticing that too? So much, so much so. And I've had to, um, again, put myself in a state of observation in this uh, because yeah. the judgment does come up, you know, and there's yeah. been a lot of people that I've looked up to as, as mentors and as um, sources of inspiration that I found myself feeling disappointed by and, you know, putting myself back in that state of the observer and understanding, well, you know, like, let, let's talk about it. Like the, the reason why a lot of people aren't speaking up there shame culture and cancel culture is real. Censorship is real. There's a genuine fear that people have of losing their audience, of losing their accounts, of losing their business. But, and I'm going to say this, if you rely solely on social media for your business, you do not have, you do not own your business, right? Your social media platforms are privately owned by corporations. And so they could go, they could disappear tomorrow. Mm. Um, and that's what I want people to understand. And so if, if you're relying on social media for your business, you're going about it the wrong way. And then second, if you are letting the fear of being censored or the fear of being silenced or the fear of being shunned or shamed or canceled get between you and your truth and your message and your values, then you are not a leader. You're yeah. not, especially in these times. Yeah. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. It's funny because I think we've had it so good for so long. We got mm-hmm. so comfortable. And right now, let's be real. There's a war on reality. That's what's mm-hmm. happening. Okay. Yeah. And some people may say World War Three or whatever it is. It just has a slower burn and it's more elusive or whatever you want to call it, right? It's times have shifted. Whether you like it or not, the, the tides have changed. And you can make out whatever you want. Like I remember reading that book, um, uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor mm-hmm. Frankl. Mm-hmm. And he broke it down. And if you've ever read it, there's, there was these like big guys that seemed to be fit and healthy that were dissipating um, in times of you know chaos. And then you'd have even ones that may look like they're not as like big and everything, but they were able to make it through because it shows it's mind over matter. Mm-hmm. You know, it was yeah. a mindset thing. It's like where you live emotionally in your body. And we get to choose that each and every day. Mm-hmm. So there is this practice that's going on right now that's available to everyone, even you. Like it doesn't matter how many followers you have or whatever your business, you know, may or may not be. It's you can be in that practice of dancing between zones and and lo- like what I what I love that you alluded to before was this not judging. It's like the people that I mentioned before, they have mm-hmm. all the, you know, the mm-hmm. reach and the followers and and they're getting all the content engagement, but they're still kind of just playing like vanilla. I still love them as an individual. Mm-hmm. It's just that I don't, I don't want to look at their content anymore because I know that they're like almost like head in the sand, avoiding, hiding, avoiding, pretending not to know. Right. And it's tough to respect it. And I think it's because there is that thing about, like you were saying before, that certainty, that conviction that commands a respect without even words being spoken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Presence. Absolutely present. And, and like, I think it's very telling because it can show, and, and I know you too, Ruby, you've done a lot of trauma work. Mm-hmm. I think if you'd done some of the trauma, the, you know, forgiveness, the, with your mom, your dad, you know, your, your maybe your ex partners, whatever it may be, that you'd be able to still stand strong in your leadership today. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that the trauma work is what gives us our backbone for leadership right? Yeah. Like that, that we cannot show up as wounded leader, leaders, that those wounds are going to be reflected in our work and in our leadership. Uh, in fact, we'll just end up projecting those wounds, which is what I've observed in other leaders, just projecting your own wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to actually work on your own traumas and face your own darkness and face your shadows and do that work and do it again and again and again and again, because this is to me, I don't look at it as a one and done thing. I am a hundred percent devoted to my inner work. I'm engaging in my inner work every single day. And I will tell the day I die, you know, because every day that we live on this earth, we have, um, we are susceptible to new traumas. And so the work never ends the way that I look at it. 
So it is my responsibility as a leader to do this work on myself for the people that I'm here to serve so that I can continue to show up in more powerful ways and serve more powerfully and also be the living, breathing example of what is possible when we do work on these traumas, when we do have this strong backbone of healing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What are two of your favorite points or chapters or sections in your book that you'd like to share with us? I think so. My book is split up into three parts. And I have to say, part one is my favorite because it was kind of, I had to write the book in my Ruby way. And if anyone follows me online, you know that I'm a little punchy. I didn't want to start the book with some, you know, beautiful storytelling. I wanted to get into the guts, into the bones of everything. I wanted to put the mirror in front of your face and have you see what's actually going on. So part one of the book is called Fake as Fuck. And in that part, that section of the book, I really bring you face to face with all the ways in which you might be performing your way into leadership, all the ways in which you might be pretending, all the ways in which you're wearing masks so that you can acknowledge um, the inauthentic ways in which you are showing up in your life and in your leadership. Um, So it's a very upfront and punchy section of the book. Um, But I needed to start it out that way because I believe that we need to confront that which we slide under the rug like in order to create change we need to see what it is that we need to change yeah absolutely (laughs) emil uh shared this i don't know if he shared it at the event that we're at maybe it was another event but he's like you know some people walk around they kind of sweep the dog shit under the rug yeah and they and then they just keep doing it and they do it and then one day someone walks into the room and is like what's that smell? <laughs> it's like, what is that? And the guys, I don't know, but like, you're like, I don't know. Cause you used to have been there, right. but you kind of know there's some stuff there, but you just, exactly. you just play it off thinking it's not as bad as it is, but other people are feeling it and experiencing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yep. true. It's true. And, um, you know, we can, that that's, I think that that's what so much of humanity has trained themselves to do is to slide things under the rug, um, to bypass things, to cut corners, because we are in such a rush. We're in such a rush to be perceived in a certain way to get to the end goal, to reach the, the completion line. And my point is there is no completion. Like healing is, uh, healing is the work that you're going to be doing your entire lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. It never stops. That's the beauty of it. Like, I like that there's some buffer room to improve. Mm-hmm. There always will be. That's, that's, yeah. the, that's the thing about life. Like when I hear people say all sorts of things and make excuses, I'm like, you can't get away with that with me. It's not going to work. Like I've seen so many people break through. I've seen people flex into a potential zone they'd never thought was even there and possible, you know, and, and we, we get to do it. Like there's just so much we get to reach into, even in these times. You know, yeah. that's, and that's the message that I know you and I both very much share is like, as much as things may be challenging, there's more that could be created. Mm-hmm. And I want to get an understanding too. And for the, those that are listening right now, like, let's say someone's listening, like, okay, I'll pick up Ruby's book. It sounds interesting. It sounds like there's some great things in there. And they may, maybe they feel like, yeah, I have been a bit of an influencer. I want to go next level. You know, and maybe that's part of the journey. You be an influencer first and then you go, okay, I'm ready for leadership now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they haven't and they're like, I don't even want to go to the influencer level. I just want to learn how to be a leader now and like move to the, the, the higher, higher place. Mm-hmm. What, just so it's an inspiration for them too, because we, like, we can hear the things that shift on the inside and how you feel and the, the, the impactful things that happen. Mm-hmm. But in a material or like a, sense of like what you've been able to create that has been epic in your life that you've experienced because you've been a potent leader what can they look forward to if they really embody these principles that you teach Mm. i mean i was able to let's just talk about my career as a coach i mean i ended up on the top like if you start back in the day when i first started coaching i was a self-love coach and i was on page one of google if you search self-love i i had multiple articles go viral. I was featured on like 30 plus podcasts in my first year of of coaching. Um, 
I built a Facebook group out of nothing with no ads and had like 4,000 people within one year, all organic. Like I, and then in by year three of my business, I was hosting three day live events in Los Angeles with a hundred people. I started my own podcast. I mean, I've done a lot. Um, and it's because it, it's not so, yes, I hustle, but I hustle with intention and I'm ensure that I am embodying every single thing that I'm teaching always. I am always coming at it from a place of integrity. Like when I did the three-day event in Los Angeles, that was a big dream of mine. But it takes a lot. I mean, you know, it takes a lot of work to put on a multi-day event. There's so many. It's a three-day event that takes eight months of production. Like that's what I tell everyone. And there was no way in hell that I would be able to produce that event if I wasn't being who I needed to be to hold the space for that event, to hold the container for that event. And that's what I'm talking about is like, this book is going to help you be who you need to be to, to hold the foundation for everything that you want to create and lead in your life and in your movement. I think that there's such a lack of integration and a lack of embodiment in this space um, that is so necessary and crucial because without the embodiment of, of if you're not being everything that you teach, preach and share, then you're just a fraud. And there's no way that you're going to be able to hold the vision that you have for yourself. So everything that I've accomplished in my career, which has been a lot, has been due to the fact that I am always operating in deep, deep integrity, ensuring that I'm walking the walk, ensuring that I am embodying everything that I teach, preach and share, and ensuring that I'm putting my mission and my purpose first. Yeah. And, and you know, you take you everywhere you go, right? You are where your feet stand. Yeah. And so all of the integrations, embodiments, the, the mistakes, the lessons learned, all the things that you've done along the years has shaped you into this person that can powerfully walk into a room, that can mm -hmm. command things in your creation, you know? And like, this is what I love about books. And, you know, sometimes I listen to audio books. Sometimes I'll, if there's a video version, I'll, I'll watch that. I like summaries sometimes. Like it just depends on what mood I'm in, but I always make sure I'm feeding my mind because- mm -hmm. I want to learn like Ruby, I want to learn from you and go, you know, you, we're in a similar space, mm -hmm. you know, we're in the same industry, similar space, probably similar type vision as well for what we desire to create. And I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are feeling that too. It's like, well, why would I go and make the other 10% of mistakes that Ruby's probably already made that I get to learn from mm -hmm. and save time, like money, we can get it back. Yeah, I can go spend money on your book. You know, in Australian dollars, it's like 33 bucks in American. I think it's maybe like 25 bucks or whatever it is mm -hmm. for the hardcover like 10 bucks or like six bucks or seven bucks for the Kindle. You can go mm -hmm. just grab it on Amazon and away you go, right? To me, that's a good investment. And I'm not just plugging this and saying this because you're my friend, but I actually mm -hmm. legitimately feel this when I go and invest in my self-development because time you never get back again. So if I'm like Ruby speaking mad truth here, I love what you've spoken about. I love what you've been able to create in your life. And there's things that I'd like to too. I'm going to go get the book. I'm going to go pick it up. It's a no brainer. And I'm going to go, cool. Well, I'm going to read through this and find out what were the mistakes you made so that I'm going to make sure I don't make those mistakes. Or if I do, because we very much so unconsciously move through life as well. Mm -hmm. We're not as conscious as we think. There's a lot of work right. to do to get really conscious. We, uh, you know, like I, at least then if I, if I go into that space and make that mistake, I, I can quickly learn the lesson because I know how Ruby was able to handle it. We can all learn from each other. We can reach out to each other. We can reach up to our mentors and people that walk the path before. And we reach down to support each other too, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so important. And I love that you said that because I think it's, um, there's, there are people there who may spend money on books and programs and not do anything with it. Right. Like it's one thing to just read the words on a page. It's another thing to really listen to the words on a page it's another thing to really integrate the words that are written on a page. And yeah. so for anyone who loves reading books, like really, are, are you truly taking that information and turning it into knowledge and wisdom in your own somatic self? Are you really taking that and integrating it into your own practices and not just letting the book become another thing that collects dust on your shelf? You know, yeah. and then this is why like the integration is so important. And I know that you're someone 
I mean, as long as I've known you, you're like a total bookworm. Um, you love reading. <laughs> but the thing that you do is you take what you learn. Like you were saying, I love to learn from people's mistakes. Like you take that and you integrate it and you really learn from it. And that's what's important. Um, and that's what I want our listeners to understand too. Like, don't just let a book be a book. Yeah. Let it be a, a passage. Let it be a teaching. Let it be, um, you know, some real guidance for your life. Yeah. You got to get your Yoda on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you you got to get that nerdy back. <laughs> it's funny because yeah. I feel like I feel like a lot, of, a lot of times, like when I was a kid, I used to read lots of books. And then when I went through my teenage years, I totally disregarded it. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'm over that. Uh, and then as you, as you realize, like, you can't go through life without actually like learning things and feeding your mind. Some people, uh, this is what I, I experienced this. I went through a stage where I started to feel tired every time I read. It was like my brain wasn't training that way. And I was going to ask you this. Are you more of a visual auditory, uh, auditory or kinesthetic type of person? Visual, 100%. Auditory, 100%. no way. Like if I try and listen to an audiobook, I will fall asleep within like the first 15 minutes. I just can't okay. do it. <laughs> So, okay, so I need you, like, I need a physical book. I need to yeah. read the pages. I need to smell the book or I need a video um, or I just need to be in person in front of someone to learn. Um, yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. how I've always been. And, you know, and my husband, he's like total auditory. Like he will always have his earbuds on all day long, listening to yeah. podcasts, audiobooks, And I, I cannot do that. I need the physical <laughs> book or I need someone in front of me or I need a conversation like this. Yeah. You get distracted, right? Like yeah, super distracted. very quickly you lose presence and you're off doing yeah. other things and the, and the book's been playing in your ears for like 10. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, it's on chapter three. And I don't even remember how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> so this, and this is what I'm, I guess I'm putting in the space for anyone listening is like, think about it. How do you best learn? You know, mm -hmm. what, what, what can you do? Right. And, and go and go and just really set yourself up to win. Cause I remember I did a process. It's called Psych K. Bruce Lipton yeah. is a big sponsor of it all. He loves it. Um, I, I did three levels of Psych K, masters and advanced and everything. And I got deep into it. And there was an exercise where we, we tested the unconscious and we're going through these different patterns. And I told myself for the longest time, Joel, you're visual. You're like, uh, and I tell people, I'm visual, I'm visual. What showed up was I was so strong in kinesthetic. Mm. And it blew my mind. I was like, no way. And I went and tested again. And it was true. I was strong in kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. And I felt, I, I remember I was the guy at events that when there'd be an experiential exercise, I'd back out. Mm. I like make an excuse. I'd go to the toilet or I'd be like, I've already done this, you know, because I didn't want to get involved. But I actually realized I'm like, that's, it feels uncomfortable because it's like my mind is preparing and knowing I'm about to go into some shifts here. Mm -hmm. So I really started to apply it. It's like I read, I remember reading when I was younger, I start looking back at the patterns in retrospect and I'm like, oh, the, the times where I did go kinesthetic with it, like I spent less time, like I, what I would do is I'd get a book mm -hmm. and I'd pick out a main principle and I go, I haven't applied that to my life yet. And I would just make it my virtue to apply it. Mm -hmm. Like rich dad, poor dad, I yeah. hadn't invested any money. And I'd heard all the time from Warren Buffett and all these people, you got to invest in that grant cutter and was like, oh my ass, you got to put, you got to invest. And so I ended up just going, you know what? I'm going to just do this. I'm going to invest. I don't, I'm no longer just a business owner. I'm an investor and I did it and it worked really well. Mm. I learned lessons, but it worked well. Tony right. Robbins, state management. It's like, I hadn't really put that into practice. I heard what it was, but I didn't fully integrate it. So I did. And my coaching improved and my speaking improved. Mm. Then I read the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller. Mm -hmm. And then I applied it to my business model and it freaking crushed. Mm -hmm. So like, we don't necessarily have to, I'm not trying to say, don't read Ruby's whole book. I think you should read the whole book. <laughs> it's just like, Read the whole book and then pull out like that one, just like one really core thing. You're like, I'm going to put this into action. I'm going to make this happen. Because I can tell you that all the times that I've done that with books, I've always come out winning and on top. Mm -hmm. What about you? Have you? Like, is there something in the book where you're like, man, if they just took hold of this thing or this thing or this thing, it would be a game changer for them. Yeah. I mean, in the book, throughout the book, you'll see um, these little black boxes where there's questions for you to answer. They're very intentional. Um, these yeah. aren't just random journaling questions. These are questions that are going to help you confront something that you need to confront, even if you just took each of those questions and answered them on paper, not in your mind, on paper that would be, that would deliver a, a huge shift, a huge transformation yeah. in your leadership. 
Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. Guys, get the book. It's on Amazon. It's easily accessible. You got your Instagram page too. You've got links on there. Mm-hmm. How do we find it? Is, is it I am Ruby? Yeah, I am Ruby on Instagram, as long as they don't cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> let's, well, let's talk about that, right? Like, let's say, yeah, that's, it's, it's kind of like, it's funny, but it's also, yeah, you never know with it, what's going on. I mean, on I have, it. I already have the backup account. And, um, you know, like what I was saying before about if you're just running your entire business on social media, it's not a business. You know, I also put in a lot of effort to build uh, my email community, my text messaging community, um, because it's important for me to be able to have um, to to be able to connect with my community when I want to and not with by using a third party party platform. I think that that's really important, especially the way that the world is shifting. I'm not saying social media is dead. I think that um, there's just going to be, we're going to be using it in different ways moving forward. I think that we're going through a pretty big shift right now. We're going to see some bigger shifts moving forward. Um, But for me, like the whole idea of being canceled or censored or, you know, I, I love my community. I love my audience and I love integrity even more. Like I cannot not say anything when I show up and um, does that put me at risk for having my account shut down? Definitely. Um, But am I attached to keeping this account? No. Would it suck? Yes. And the people who are in my community will find me again. You know, we we've seen so many accounts uh, in the last like six months alone getting canceled and what happens? They come back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a way, there's a way. And I think there's a big difference between you mentioned these two words, there's audience and there's community. Yeah. I think there's a difference because audience will come and just like, look at your content and pass through communities there to stay Mm -hmm. and community may even share with their friends or tell their friends to go and follow you. You want community. You want to focus on building a movement and not everyone is meant for that. Right. Right. Like for me, I, I, I remember in my immaturity of wanting to achieve these things and serve, I used to just think that I'd had to get everyone and like, I didn't want to be the bad guy. And mm-hmm. so much of me not wanting to be the bad guy held me back from being authentically who I am. Uh, and I, you know, it comes from childhood, you know, like we do that when I was a little kid, I got bullied in school and I'm like, well, you know, like I'm not going to fight back because one of my, one of my buddies was friends with the guy that bullied me. And I didn't want to lose my friendship with, this guy. So then I was mm-hmm. like, well, I don't want to be the bad guy. Cause then he might not like me. So that kind of played itself out later in life. Mm-hmm. I was worried to be the bad guy. So I wasn't speaking up. Yeah. Um, just for anyone that's listening right now, that, that's like, you know what? I've had all these things on my heart. I really wanted to share things on social media, but I have this fear of being ridiculed. What can we do? If it, someone's in that space right now, I'm sure there's a lot of people in that mm-hmm. space right now. Like they want to say something or share something because they feel it's on their heart. Uh, whether it be something like a political view, whether it be uh, to do with um, the fact that we have, you know, our body and our rights that mm-hmm. it can't just be pushing us or whatever it may be that people are, are struggling with right now. How do we overcome that fear of being ridiculed? I think it's not about overcoming the fear. It's about understanding what's most important to you. Is it more important to you to avoid ridicule or is it more important to you to speak your truth? And if it's more important to avoid ridicule, okay, accept that as your truth. But at the end of the day, I can assure you the, that most people who want to speak up right now, it's more important for them to speak up. And you just have to come to that space of acknowledgement, of understanding that that is what's most important. You're going to be scared. You're going to do it scared. You might be scared when you hit post. You might be scared afterwards. But the feeling that you get from being able to express your truth, that is going to overpower all of that fear. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I, I was thinking, like, what did people do in the times? And, and obviously, they didn't have social media mm-hmm. back then. But like when Martin Luther King Jr. was storming the streets, and I love the way that he handled it. Like, I, maybe not everybody agrees, but like, for me, I just love the way that he was like, we can do this in a way that's mature, that has wisdom behind it. 
you know, and we can, we can walk, we can go through the right protocols in order. And like, he could have easily stirred bigger racial wars and all these things, mm-hmm. but he, he decided to take the higher ground. And mm-hmm. we see it actually quite a lot with these really potent leaders in history. And I, I think to myself, like, what, what about like, there were people in the times of, you know, Hitler's reign, Nazi Germany that spoke up. You never know how many people actually were woken to, to what was going on because somebody else had said something. Mm-hmm. And that person, before they woke one or two people up, they may have been ridiculed by four or five, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's, it's like, how much is a life worth to you? How much is somebody's health worth to you? How much is you waking up in the morning knowing I, I did what I said I was going to do? Like I did what I felt within myself is aligned and as long as it doesn't come from fear, but it actually comes from love, I absolutely believe it's the right decision. Mm-hmm. 100%. It has to be something that you stand by. It has to be something that you believe in. It has to be something that feels meaningful to you. So yeah. meaningful that you're willing to take a risk to take a stand for it. I mean, I say this all the time. Revolutions were never created by those who comply and obey. Never. Yeah. They, they were created by those who dare to show up and those who dare to take a stand. Um, And that's what is needed right now. And that is what I see as the role of the potent leader. Yeah. I was listening to a a talk the other day. This guy, he's a psychiatrist. He's a Christian psychiatrist. His name's Tim Jennings. Incredible man. He wrote a book called The God-Shaped Heart and The God-Shaped Mind. It's awesome. Like one of my favorite books. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, what's going on, especially in America, you live in America, right? You're in Mm -hmm. uh, Austin in Texas, right? You see, and, and that'd be considered a red state, right? Yes. So you have like blue states, red states, mm-hmm. you got you know, Democrat and, and Republican, mm-hmm. conservative, liberal. So he says like, what's really interesting, there's like a chessboard and you've got both sides playing and there's like this, he believes there's a spiritual influence that's at play. Mm-hmm. And, and there's this, people are getting caught up in this, well, you're on that side and I'm on this side. And he says, what's really interesting when you look at the story of Jesus and what he shares is that he's like the beautiful land in the middle and so neutral in the center of it. Like I care about all you humans. Mm-hmm. And he, he encourages like to come together and to break bread, you know? And I think that the more that there's this division in play, the less we actually get to meet each other where we're at. Mm-hmm. And, and so my biggest challenge is like communicating the truth compassionately and I don't think we're ever always perfect at it, mm-hmm. but I think like knowing that some people are just not ready to hear that. And I, mm-hmm. and like, do you find that too? You find like you can share that you're just not going to please everybody. Right. Yeah. And you know, on the topic of everything that's going on, it's very easy for me to get emotionally charged. And there are days when maybe I've consumed a little too much content of, of the world's events and I get really emotionally charged and I go on a rant. Um, but I, but we always have to bring it back to how are people going to best digest the information? Because the reason, for example, the reason that I share is to share information with others who may not be privy to this information, just to yes. share another perspective. That's why I'm sharing. That's it. I have there's no a attachment. lot too. Right. There's a lot. And I'm not here to convince people or persuade people. I just want to share what maybe they're not privy to. However, if we do that from a really emotionally charged place, then they're not going to be able to digest that information. They're not even going to want to listen to it. They're going to automatically cancel you. And so you have to, we have to be able to um, communicate and convey a message without um, making the other person feel wrong. Um, without, it's like, I see this on both sides and I hate saying sides, but there are sides right now because we're trying to make it so that there's no sides, but this is what is happening in our society right now. They're pinning us against each other, red versus versus blue, black versus white, um, vaccine versus non-vaccine. Like there's so many different sides and each side is guilty of shaming, of canceling, of, of um, being, horrible human beings to each other. Both sides are doing this and yet they're both saying that they're not. And it's really interesting to observe, but if we can come together and just have conversations where we're willing to seek to understand each other, 
that's when we can have a conversation. And that's when we open ourselves up to learning more. But right now people are so hell bent on their ideas. They're so fixated on their beliefs that they're unwilling to see what's actually going on. And another perspective to that is that there's so many people that are just unwilling to see the truth because the truth is really, really hard to, it's hard to look at. Yeah. Oh, people have cognitive dissonance. Like you can Completely. literally see their faces twitching. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, why? it's like scrambling their brain. Yeah. They're like, no, that's because it, it, what it does is it intimidates their identity mm -hmm. they've done. I think they're like FMR scans, like digital scans on the brain, MRI, FMR. And they've found that when you provoke or evoke a conversation around religion and politics, they're the most Mm. Uh, triggering uh, when it comes to like ideologies because mm -hmm. people identify and some people over identify rather than being able to be uh, fluent or, or flexible, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to, to be open to both. And <clears throat> this is where a lot of these problems are because people do say a lot of wars are from money and religion, all these things. And it's like, if we have a dependency so much on money, it's going to control our life. Mm -hmm. It's like a tool of control. Um, rather than a tool for creation. And then when we look at like religion, it's like you can choose to pick the, the great parts of it and let go of the institution and look at like, how do I have a relationship with my creator? It's such a different way. And this is what I think you and I are trying to achieve as well with what we share is like, we're not necessarily wanting to judge and shame. It's like, mm -hmm. here, have you considered this? Because I like, we've been able to do our self-development and because we've investigated, because we've reasoned, because we've gone deeper and we've applied, great things have come into our life. Mm -hmm. So right now, like I have, a, I have a saying, I shared it the other day. It was like, ignorance is freedom's kiss of death. Mm. You know, like there's, there's a lot that we don't know that we don't know. And sometimes people can present it and it may unlatch and open up this new space and go, wow, actually haven't considered that. And if that makes my life better, taking a pragmatic approach, then why wouldn't I apply something to my life that would make it even better? Mm -hmm. You know, like, like put it on the table. Hey, maybe consider this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, like it's not, we're not here to try and convince you. We're just here to, to share some knowledge, some wisdom, something that maybe perhaps you haven't seen. Here's a different perspective that maybe you haven't considered because yeah. if you're only looking at one side of the story at one narrative at one belief at one way of thinking then i mean that is a very definition of being brainwashed like that that is yeah. that is ignorance right there and yeah. i think that what makes us human is our ability to discern our ability to think critically our ability to have different perspectives like we don't have to be so black and white we can play in the gray and play in the unknown and um remain curious and i think that that's the best way that we learn yeah it's how you ignite the real you right yes. which is what your, your <laughs> book is very much about so Oh man, Ruby, we could literally be here all day. There's so many different things we can cover. Uh, just, just to re recap on the, like, let's say people, cause I think the the great angle for this episode that I'm picking up on is how to, how to transcend the ridicule, right? Like putting yourself out there and being really honestly you like mm -hmm. being authentic and not being scared to do that. Right. Uh, Let's say people start doing that, but they like, they want to set themselves up in a way. So you said text message service. So was it like a software platform that you have that people can subscribe to and you're able to like send text messages? Is that how yes. that works? Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. So there's that. And then like Telegram, do you use Discord? Like yeah, so I, I use Telegram. I mean, if you want to do the text messaging, um, it it tends to work best for Canadian and US. You just text hashtag potent leadership to one seven eight one three three six zero one six zero. And then I use Telegram, which is so interesting. You know, Telegram is just another privately owned platform that right now is being is playing nice, but who knows how it's gonna play later. But yes, I have a telegram, yeah, <laughs> rubyframon.com yeah. forward slash telegram. Um, and then my email list, I mean, it's like, we, it's funny because for a while I just kind of forgot about the email list and I was like, no, we got to go old school again because we need to bring our community back in. And, and so, you know, email feels old school, but it's the best way because this is how we can really guarantee us staying in connection. Yeah. And you never know, right? Like you're creating content. You never know who out there is like, if times get tough, 
they're like, I want to reach out to Ruby. Mm-hmm. You know, or if you're listening right now, it could be you. Maybe you're the leader that they want to get some support from that they love to hear from in the morning or in the, like you could just change someone's day in, in that and like times that by however many people you have in your group that show up that are, that you're building in your community you just never know how far of a change and a ripple effect this can actually like really play itself out to be um it is good to diversify you're right like i i imagine like facebook and instagram just you know shut Mm-hmm. just shut any anybody that's ever said anything just in the slightest and they've just gone one day like let's just shut all these people off yeah it, it, a lot of people would be stuffed mm-hmm. you know they they definitely be uh struggling so you you want to get ahead of the curve and it's crazy that you and i even have to have these conversations right now and like bring this up but like we're not going to like skip around the reality of the fact that this is what's in play so yeah. let's be smart leaders like be mm-hmm. be a potent leader Mm -hmm. in how you show up and don't sacrifice that because of institutions and technocracies and eugenicists and all these other like isms and (laughs) and all this stuff that should have been wasms that shouldn't be brought back into culture because it doesn't work you know like these models of running society is just i don't even know how people can even support some of these things but well it doesn't work if we don't work it and that's what people need to understand so if you don't give into it it's not going to work there's no way it's going to work that's it. That's it. And, and people don't realize the power they have as a collective. There's so mm-hmm. much that we're able to do as a collective. We voted them in, right? right? If they're keeping us divided, it's because they want us distracted from seeing what's actually going on so that exactly. we can't catch on to what they're up to so they can keep layering things in. And some people may think, oh, you guys, you know, like you're, you're getting into your fears now. And not. Well, I could talk to many people that a year and a half ago when this thing kicked off, that were like, oh, it'll probably just be a couple months. I talk to them now. They're like, yeah, this has gone on a lot longer than I thought it would. Yeah. And so my question is, what what do you do if this plays out for another two years or three years or four or years? Like years. how <laughs> how far does a carrot like continue to get pushed out and you, yeah. you just continue to chase it? Meanwhile, you're sacrificing your your liberties. You know, it's like slowly but surely you fall into the the chains of, of tyranny. It's like, I, I don't want to be there. I didn't work this hard and- you know, want to do all these things to to eventually go into a, a, a prison state. Uh, it's it's not the life that I mapped out. And I think that we do have a choice and especially right now, but like we've got to be careful with how long we take to to embrace this. We, we can't hide from it anymore. You know, and real leaders stand up. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not the time to be an influencer flashing off everything. It's like, cool, you have moments of that, but it's, there's more to this that's going on right now. And Think about the titles you give yourself and the things you claim. Are you really living it? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that is that just a label, right? Where this is not the time for performers. This is the time for potent leadership. Yeah. Hey, look, politicians do it all the time, right? They say what's popular. <laughs> it's right. true. It's like democracy is built off popular. It's built off whoever can say the most popular thing and whatever systems can sway things to make it happen. And they present people in certain ways to be the most popular. Uh, instead mm-hmm. of being the truth, because once the, you get into right. office, it's, it goes on not just America, like any country. It's like, once you get into office, are you really going to follow through on the things you said you're going to do? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Real leaders do that. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'd rather choose truth over popular any day, mm-hmm. even if you're like one of the first to do it. It's, mm-hmm. it's natural to be ridiculed because people, people, this is what they do, right? They like to put people in boxes because if I can put you in a box and slap a label on you, I'm safe because I think I know who you are. Exactly. If I've worked you out, you can't jump on me and and surprise me anymore. I've got it all worked out. I've got certainty now. Mm -hmm. What happens when that certainty goes? Mm -hmm. It's, you know, and this is the the falsity that is our world. Like everyone is craving certainty. Everyone is craving to be certain of everything. And that's why these times are so turbulent because there's so much uncertainty in the world. And when there's so much uncertainty, we grasp onto anything that feels certain. And that includes trying to manipulate things to feel certain. So we have this false sense of security that we latch onto. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, the only thing that you can feel certain about is you and who you're being in this very moment. That's it. And Mm -hmm. so if you learn to just be in that, 
to be certain of who you are in any given moment. That in itself creates a tremendous shift in who you're being in this world and who you're being as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Ruby, thank you so much. You're doing massive things in this world. You're affecting in such a positive way, the online culture as well. And I, I just, I have so much respect for you and I appreciate you for that. I love when I see you getting there uh, in their faces and, and sharing <laughs> truth and, and from a place of love, you know, it's, it's so important to do that. You, you're walking the talk. So thank you so much. And uh, how can we find you? Yeah. So you can find me online, Twitter and Instagram are my favorite social media spots at I am Ruby. You can grab the book at potentleadership.com. If you're curious about working with me, go to rubyframon.com. And if you want to talk about all the things they don't want us to talk about, then come into my telegram group and that's rubyframon.com forward slash telegram. Yes. Awesome. Ruby, we end every interview with this last question. And the question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? The world doesn't care about who you think you need to be. What matters is who you be, who you are at the core of your being, your truth, your voice, your essence, your fullest expression. <laughs> 